This is the Doctor Who Podcast, and you are most welcome. of the Doctor Who podcast, a very special episode as it turns out, for a couple of reasons. One, I'm on my own. Hmm. Being in the camper van on my own, it's a bit lonely really. Yeah, no one to argue with. Yeah, maybe I can argue with myself later, you never know. Anyway, <laughs> the reason why we're bringing you this special episode is because we've got a wonderful interview coming up for you. Now, you may not necessarily have heard of these individuals, but together they're responsible for the BFI, that's the British Film Institute's year-long series of events called Doctor Who at 50. Every single month throughout 2013, the British Film Institute screened a complete story of Doctor Who. It's basically a small cinema, and just to give listeners in the States, in Australia, and anywhere that's not the UK, basically, an idea of how important this is. Doctor Who is very, very rarely screened in public in the UK. There were a few more events during 2013 because of the anniversary, but aside from that, it is a really, really rare thing. And that means fans getting to watch Doctor Who with other fans, or other people, other humans... <laughs> is extremely unusual and this series of events managed to engender the spirit of Doctor Who into a dozen or so events this year and personally I would say this series of events has been my highlight of the year. It's been great. I've been meeting new people, there's been a group of friends, group of podcasters who have been going along to every single one of these things and it's been a fantastic opportunity to talk about our favourite pastime with real life people. <laughs> anyway, you're about to hear from Justin Johnson and Dick Fiddy who between them not only conceived the idea but organised it as well and as I'm sure you know, the events have been incredibly popular. They were sold out within seconds of the tickets going on sale on the BFI's website because people were so keen on not just seeing Doctor Who with other fans and other people, but listen to the panels that followed every single screening that comprised actors, production crew, people who are just associated with the show, talking about each individual era. And I would say that this particular series of events has been the most comprehensive and exhaustive celebration of Doctor Who that has taken place probably throughout the world. I don't think there is another organisation or institution who have celebrated Doctor Who so fully this year. Now you may know the Doctor Who podcast has been present at every single one of these events and we've recorded our thoughts of each event afterwards. Now we haven't put out those reviews on the main feed, they've been on our Facebook page. So if you want to go back and hear what we thought of every single one of these events all the way back to January 2013, then go onto our Facebook page and check out these short little reviews. They're only 15 or 20 minutes or so each and they have a slightly different feel to the podcast that you hear on the main feed. But enough of me talking, here is the interview with Dick and Justin. 
I'm joined now by Justin Johnson and Dick Fiddy of the British Film Institute, co-curators of the recent Doctor Who at 50 series of events. Now, gentlemen, you've been organising this for the past 12 months or so. Uh, I do fear for your sanity and your, your health, but uh, how are you holding up now that it's, uh, now that it's finished? If I'm completely honest, I think it's a tremendous feeling of relief in one hand, huge sorrow on the other. I mean, it feels like we had a real full circle. We had um, the Christmas special here last night, which was a kind of private hire the BBC did. But having started with William Hartnell and gone full circle right to the very, very latest episode, it feels like we have been on a bit of a journey, actually. We've kind of historically, you know, sort of chronologically gone through all the Doctors. But it's been a journey in so many different ways, hasn't it, Dick? Yeah, it absolutely has. We were surprised at just how much... uh, how much impetus it took on, uh, how it sort of snowballed from an, an idea of Justin's to do a monthly um, celebration, um, which we thought we thought there'd be peaks and troughs. We thought we, when we came to the new series, it would be very very popular, but maybe we'd struggle with getting the old series uh, to, to be looked at. But that was completely not the case. From day one, this turned into a huge runaway train. It's, it's funny, when I think back now, this time last year, so it was December 2012, we hadn't had the first event. Um, you know, I'd put some feelers out. I'd started kind of inviting some of the guests. We thought, you know, wrongly, as it turned out, that because it was 50 years ago, it would be that would be the most difficult era to get guests from, that were the Hartnell era. But in fact, we ended up, I can't remember how many it was now, but between eight and ten guests probably on the day. But literally, probably a week before the event itself, I don't think we had more than two or three. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it actually, at the, at the start, kind of went very slowly. And then suddenly, you know, by kind of April, we'd confirmed David Tennant, although we didn't announce it too much nearer. And so, you know, actually, we had to kind of do a lot more planning um, as the year went on. And we kind of got towards sort of diaries that obviously are a lot more difficult to get hold of, so to speak. The way it started is with the Justin and I independently had both suggested to the programming and scheduling team here that we'd like to celebrate the 50th anniversary in some way. I, I think my ideas were, were far less grand. Um, I, I thought we might get a couple of, you know, might get a big day um, around the 50th anniversary itself. Uh, Justin came up with the idea of doing it on a monthly basis, and this turned out to be, if you like, the, the moment that it changed into something um, that, that's, you know, that's been incredible. But I think it's never. T- I mean, we we almost would would have done something for Doctor Who in some Absolutely. shape or form. Yeah. Obviously, we've got a history of having shown some of the missing episodes here and previewing material, and even kind of in the way back when I first started here, before I was kind of involved in the programming side of things. I mean, Dick used to. I remember coming to a Reign of Terror event here, and the other things that you did, weren't there? Yeah. I mean, with the BFI r- relationship with Doctor Who goes back to the eighties, um, and um, not only with. Uh, BFI publishing books looking at the history of the series but also doing events here as when it was called the NFT rather than BFI South Bank, the unfolding text and sci-fi events in which we looked at, uh, at Doctor Who. So yes, we had a relationship with them already. What made this year I think unique was the fact that we really got into bed with with the current production office. Mm, literally um, actually. In <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we had to... Um, I mean, we realised that they were sitting on, um, if you like, sitting on a, a powder keg full of events, and they, they really w- wanted to try and keep some control of it. And, you know, good for them. They really trusted us. So when we came to them with the idea of, look, we, w- we want to look at the 50th, we want to do it doctor by doctor, we want to do it over a year, unbelievably, that coincided exactly with, with the way that the merchandising arm of the, of the BBC worldwide wanted also to um, 
to sort of roll out the anniversary. They they were also thinking along the long along the same lines, and it would have been very difficult for us to do it without their cooperation. You know, we'd have probably just plumped for a one-off, which they'd have been happy about, but wouldn't have got involved in. But once they decided they were going to embrace, hmm. you know, us being part of the celebration, it took on a, a it, it took on a completely different shape. I mean, that, I mean that's absolutely true. I mean, when you think about, you know, I mean Edward Russell and Matt Nichols, who are from BBC, kind of, you know, um, obviously Edward was the brand manager for Doctor Who, and Matt kind of works on the BBC Worldwide kind of um, side with merchandising and the events and so forth. You know, the two of them actually have put in a huge amount of work in terms mm. of making this work. In terms of there were certain doors that they've unlocked and certain people they've introduced us to, and actually there are so many people like I think about Russell Minton, uh, who gave us access to some of the kind of DVD material, some of which still hasn't been shown yet. With Fantastic kind of footage with Beryl Reed on, on 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 set when they were filming Earthshock and um, uh, some of the material that had been recorded around that and other bits and pieces have come through from different sort of pieces um, different areas and actually and Stephen Moffat as well you know absolutely was part of the so sort of, when we were deciding which episodes to show there was some like the Mind of Evil that by very nature of being able to get the kind of exclusive of having the colorized episode yeah. kind of affected that um, sort of choice of the Pertwee era but across the board actually you know Stephen was part of that sort of decision making process as well and and certainly you know. We, we wanted to involve um, him and the production team, and they absolutely. I think you know once they were kind of bought in, and and it really was a true partnership. The kind of the, the keys, you know, the, the, the keys to the lock were kind of uh, produced, and we had a lot of access to really interesting stuff. Well, the pair of you are big Doctor Who fans. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, true. yeah. So this is partially a labour of love. When when you realised how popular this was with the fans, how proprietorial over. This, these series of events did you become? I think for all events we do at the BFI, you want to make them the best possible events. I mean, that just goes without saying. Anyone that has a care about their job wants to do that. I think what was different about this is that when we started, um, Justin and myself and a couple of other people put down the best episodes that we would think of to represent each Doctor. So we picked the episodes like, uh, like that. And then... Once, um, once the BBC production office, Doctor Who production office, got involved, we knew that we'd have to share that information with them because may- maybe they had other ideas or maybe it coincided with anything. And that actually worked out to be very collaborative. Yeah. And a, a chance meeting, you know, with one of the restoration team told us that they, they, they were they were restoring um, one of the uh, one of the uh, adventures became sort of, if you like, the catalyst for us actually thinking a lot harder about which episodes we'd show and what they should represent and who should be involved with them. And they made suggestions. Um, They they took our list and made suggestions. I don't don't think in any way they were dictates, were they? They were were always suggestions. And actually a really good example of that, I think, is, you know, for the Tom Baker story, which is incredibly difficult. How do you lock it down to one story (laughs) when there is so much amazing material to choose from? But, you know, um, at that point, they hadn't announced the fact, for example, that the Zygons were going to be in the Day of the Doctor. So And and that also was the story that was being held back for DVD. So that could easily have ended up being the Tom Baker story, for example. And that was one of the considerations that we had. Although in the end we went for Robots of Death, but actually no it really could have been one of so many mm. w- w- were the other choices because you just really liked the episodes or you just thought that's a popular I th- story I, I think we we were working on a lot of different levels i mean obviously because you're doing a whole year you're not going to you're not going to have too many dalek stories and, and things like that you want to sort of even out the the, the monsters and the villains you also want to show different aspects of the series if if you look at something that we do here at the bfi on one level, 
you can just see it as a, you know, a year-long celebration of Doctor Who. On the other level, Doctor Who, because of its longevity, becomes a sort of um, a, a way to look at the history of television in the last 50 mm. years, to mm. look at the way of how acting techniques have changed, how special effects have changed, how you know, colour has been brought in. How, uh, so you've, you've got all these considerations as well, which I think at the back of our mind... I mean, even though obviously you're going to go for your favourite story, if you've got a choice of two and one of them actually illustrates something a little better than the other, then you'll put that in. I mean, we don't work just on that one-dimensional level. I mean, I think there was always going to be an underlying um, secondary level to it. Mm. I guess in a sense as well. I mean, because we we chose the episodes before we kind of confirmed the guests in a sense. And I guess one thing, for example, you know, we really wanted to play Cage Randazani as the fifth Doctor story, and that was really important that we wanted to play that, and we felt, we felt that Graham Harper's you know, um, sort of direction in that was so kind of groundbreaking for the classic series. But we were also aware of the fact that actually the likelihood was we were going to have Sarah Sutton, mm-hmm. uh, Janet Fielding, Matthew Walthouse all on stage. You all went in that episode, unless you count the kind of bit at the end where the Doctor's about to regenerate, which is almost split second. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, so there were kind of considerations like that as well, and in the end we just felt, well, actually you know, there are so many kind of real pluses with that story that maybe we'll try and show some other footage and other bits and pieces that include them on screen without necessarily having them in the episode. And I have to say, fair play to them because they still came along. And, and actually, you know, if they'd had you know, massive egos and had a real problem, they could easily have said, well, you know, you're not playing my episode, I'm not coming. And they didn't do that. So, you know, cool of them. And, and, and that was the other thing. that, that was, It meant the on-stage discussion afterwards, which was represented by the, the, the event you'd just seen, actually was was about that particular doctor's yeah. entire time you know, in, in the role. And I think that was very evident throughout the entire year, I have to say. It did feel like not a celebration of a particular story, although certainly there were some nice memories and anecdotes that I hadn't heard before came out on stage, but it was a celebration of each doctor's era. And, and I think, to be honest, I think the BFI has been fairly unique in doing that, certainly in the UK. Lots of stuff overseas that you can say has yeah. been celebratory in nature, but not as detailed and certainly not as informed. I think we certainly felt when the events were going on, certainly by kind of the middle of the year, we suddenly, I think, really realised that what we were doing without wanting to blow our own chumpets was kind of create some very unique events that will probably never be repeated again in some, in, in some wow. cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in terms of the point you were talking about, the actual choice of stories and, and not just celebrating those stories and about being celebrating the era, I think at the very, very start of the year, one of the issues was that we didn't have the doctors there. So if something like for, so for Tom Baker... If you've got Tom Baker coming, you don't want to kind of pile the stage with guests because you've got Tom, you've got Louise, you've got <laughs> Philip. But yeah. actually for the early ones, when you haven't got William Hart and you haven't got Patrick Troughton, actually um, we kind of overcompensated in the sense. And I guess some of those panels did become a bit more about the story because, like, for example, in Two of the Cybermen, we had Shirley Cooklin, we had Michael Kilgariff, you know, so, so we had people who were very pertinent to that particular story. So I guess we were focusing a bit more on the story as well as telling the, as telling the whole thing. But as, as we went further down the line and we had, I guess, you know, people who were either the doctor themselves or were sort of had a uh, kind of bigger part in it all I, I, they, they changed slightly in that respect I think I think that's completely true and I think even if you listen to the commentaries on the DVDs with the earlier doctors you can tell there's a different kind of dynamic usually created by a higher number of people taking part but I think as you progress through this series particularly as you had so many doctors there was only two surviving doctors who you weren't able to get or didn't come I might say we also even if you count the 50th anniversary episode had John Hurt 
Yeah. So in fact, we kind of we had him as well, didn't we? In the yeah. end, and of course, we, even though Matt Smith yeah. didn't come to his event, he was here for the 50th anniversary. Absolutely. So you're right. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it was just Colin Baker and Chris Eccleston we didn't have. How hard did you try to get Mr. Eccleston here? Oh, we did try. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, the good thing from our point of view is that we have a really great relationship with him anyway through the BFI, and um, and you know, I, 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 my absolute impression is that just you know, there's all sorts of things that go around in the ether about this, but my impression is that he absolutely loved Doctor Who, and he was, you know, I think, very proud of being the Doctor, despite what you know anybody else may, um, you know may say mm. um, and but so basically you know we, we, we tried through his agent um, and we tried through a few other kind of more direct routes and actually in the end I was kind of directly in contact with him by email um, and we obviously got that fantastic uh, quote which we were able to read out um, which actually Joe O'Hearn had initially kind of helped out uh, to get um, but he you know he was asking about the event afterwards he was really happy it went well and you know he wished us every kind of success so oh, you can't sort of say fair than that no I have to admit I thought if uh, if he was going to turn up to one event this year it would have been that one I have to <laughs> I say mean, he, he has been, you know, a fan of the BFI, a friend of the BFI. He turned up for our friends in the north and stuff like that. So he has, um, you know, I, I don't think it was. I think if he could have been here, he was filming he Thor would have at the time. Yeah, yeah, as well. I mean, it, yeah. it was right at the time when I think it was. Is it, is it, I can't it was Pinewood or Shepparton, but he was filming Thor at the time as well. He was, you know, playing quite a. I don't know if you, if you saw it, but you know, he was um, in sort of full makeup playing a baddie in that, and it was a, it was a Saturday. I'm sure they're probably filming. I think you, you can see that there was there was tremendous goodwill. Uh, to these events and also tremendous goodwill from those people that have been involved in classic who to the the entire idea of the 50th anniversary and if you i mean just look at colin baker's involvement in the five-ish doctors it's a brilliant (laughs) turn in that and you'd know if, if, if you know if 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 it was possible he would have been here you know and actually having said that again once again, although he didn't come to the events, Colin was here for the BBC Three um, after-show party event that was uh, performed here and was live. And, and Colin was here on site uh, at the BFI. So you couldn't say. In fact, apart from, in fact, I can also tell you that earlier in the year, I know that Chris Eccleston was here buying some stuff from the shop. So they have all been uh, on this site at one point or another. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. So looking back on the anniversary year, we've had all the living doctors actually here on site at the BFI at some point or other regardless of whether they're actually there for their own event. But in fact, you know, the other thing that when we were talking earlier about um, the relationship between the BFI and the show is that actually, you know, the Museum of Moving Image used to be on this site and, of course, there was a you know, major Doctor Who exhibition here and a number of Doctor Who exhibits that were here throughout the year. There was a sort of, you know, you can go into a Dalek and there was a TARDIS. But um, I remember when Liz Sladen was here, when we did the Death of the Doctor episode of Sarah Jane Adventures, she was talking about how, I think, if I remember right, the last time that she saw John Pertwee was here as an event at the BFI. Wow. Yeah, there, there, there is a real kind of relationship in fact, I mean, just thinking of that event as well. I mean, I think that was Liz's last public appearance. You know, oh. it was her and Katie Manning on stage talking about um, the Sarah Jane adventures and, and what an amazing opportunity that was for her, and what a great show. You know, I think probably the unique thing about these events, not something we could have predicted beforehand, and not something we planned. To be perfectly frank, but just the way it, it, it the way it, it was shaped in the end, was the fact that they were sort of almost like convention events. From the point of view of you had, you know, very very big Doctor Who fans here, but also a lot of the production crew for the for the era involved, some of the production crew from the the current era as well, all in the same room and all sort of getting on together and actually very in a very democratic way that you could you know there, there was no we, we didn't keep people apart there wasn't segregation here this is very much a homogenous thing it was all of us together who in one way or another had had invested some emotion in Doctor Who. 
Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. Having been sitting in the audience for every, every event, there are there are some conventions that do have that intimate feel. It's more like a gathering, fan gathering, rather than a performance. And you, you very quickly created a a community, I think, and certainly that translated online a little bit. And that's where you saw the absolute freneticism, if that's a word, uh, to get tickets. Now, I mean, presumably at some point you sat down and discussed how do we how do we ticket this? How do we get it fair and so on? And you switched to a lottery system, I think, after the fourth Doctor screening, thereabouts anyway. I think I mean, this, is, this is a contentious issue. It's, mm. it's difficult for us because our biggest auditorium is a, a 450-seater and because you're going to have to make a certain amount of, of tickets available to guests of the BBC and guests of the BFI, you're left with a, a limited amount of tickets for, for for a huge potential audience. I think what was um, interesting, regardless of the way that the tickets were allocated, was there was always returns on the day. If you if you turned up, um, just recently we had Sherlock here um, mm-hmm. on a Sunday and people were queuing from Friday. They they tended it out and from a Friday night. And they got in, you know, they're, 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 and there was that. There was usually, I'm, I'm guessing on the number, I don't know, but I would I would guesstimate there was at least 20 tickets that would have been available on the day if, if you came along. These are returns, these are press that don't mm. turn up, that, that actually let you know they're not going to turn up and things like that. There's always a holdback of a certain amount of episodes, just in case the Queen wants to turn uh. up, you know, <laughs> of tickets for these, yeah. for these episodes. So, you know... It wasn't quite as difficult as some people made up. There were people that went to all of them, and they weren't initially BFI members at the start of the year, so there was a way to get in. Pleasingly, I've spoken to a lot of these people who became BFI members solely for this event that have actually gone to a lot of other other events, especially our Gothic season, which sort of covers some of the great same ground mm. of, of what people like about Doctor Who. And they are now a, a, a big BFI fan. So I think from that point of view, you know, it, it's been it's been truly worthwhile for grounding into them something beyond uh, just just the Doctor Who celebration. I mean, I mean, the other thing we did do as well, though, is we made sure that there was still you know a reasonable allocation of tickets to people who weren't BFI members because it was you know we we felt that um that it was important that it wasn't just about you, you I mean sort of we didn't want anybody to see it as being like kind of like a money exercise whereby you have to kind of join to therefore get access which is why we did kind of you know make make more tickets available near the time and um and, and we made those purposely available outside the kind of member kind of mm. window mm. but it's always really really difficult because this is our kind of you know this is our Wimbledon final our you know Madonna in concert or whatever you want to put it you know this yeah. is the one that you know actually we could have filled up many many times but in fact and where people are saying well, why don't you move to a bigger venue which obviously wouldn't have been the bfi or why don't you you know replicate the event but actually i don't think you ever could replicate these events and actually part of the the thing is actually by keeping it still and i mean it always feels quite intimate in nft1 i always kind of feel when we're kind of running around like giving out prizes or doing stuff at the front that actually it does feel still quite intimate in a way that actually a bigger venue would never be able to some of the people involved feel more comfortable in NFT one than they would do in the Odeon West End, you know, and stuff like that. It's just because they feel that they know it. It's got the the sanction of the BFI, and, and I think going back to, to the, how these events have worked, despite the fact that fans have enjoyed them, despite the fact that we've had we've had people that were involved in the show talking anecdotally about it, there's also been an academic edge as well. You know, it, it's it's what the BFI does well mm. it brings together the different aspects of how you appreciate something it works all the time for film 
but people are surprised that we also treat television with the same regard as film and mm. and this is this this events these events this year have shown that no I, and i i completely agree with you i think it's something that's almost tangible or tangibly different uh to to, to some other events as well and i think you should be very proud of that because i think people are still be talking about these series of events for for a long long time so especially as it was probably the longest celebratory series of events that uh, that took place in the entire year i mean, I, think, I, think, I, mean, I, I, mean I, I think we do feel very proud about about what we've achieved and, and actually it's so much more than you know, some of the parts are so much more than just myself and dick but equally i'm all equally so aware of how it must sound when you're kind of con, you know sort of congratulating yourself and slapping yourself on the back and saying oh, aren't we great you know so i don't want to kind of come across like that but but we are proud of the thing aren't we yeah it worked perfectly and also uniquely because of the, the, the provisions that allow us to show television here are because we've done a deal with the triumvirate of the, of the craft unions, the Writers Guild, the MU and Equity, uh, in which we pay a lump sum into their pension fund every year to allow us so many TV screenings. So it means we're almost uniquely placed to do mm. an anniversary event like this. It would be very difficult, I think, for the Science Museum to have, to have done a year-long event like this. I, I, I think they'd have run into problems. Okay, well, that's, that's enough of the technical questions. Let me ask you a couple of fanny ones. Mm-hmm. I think between the pair of you, I reckon you hold the record for meeting the highest number of Doctor Who alumni in one year. And, and certainly you, Justin, the amount of people that you've interviewed this year, I mean, it, it, it must be all, almost three figures by now, I would have thought. <laughs> it, you know, it's been fantastic. I mean, I can never have dreamt, you know, back in you know, 1975 at the age of six when I was watching Doctor Who, that I, all these years later I'd be sitting on the stage with Louise Jameson <laughs> and, you know, Tom Baker and all these other fantastic people and Philip Hinchcliffe you know who who put together such an amazing um, show at the time and so on one hand you know from a fanboy point of view it's been you know kind of the ultimate dream um, and, and you're right you know we, when we you know we've had so many people through the doors in fact um, I, d- I did some events at the XL um, um, and so and so in fact there were some people who we couldn't get for for, reason, for various reasons or you know we, we just didn't have kind of room for who actually um, I did some stuff with at the XL as well so in fact this year has been a kind of bumpy year in that respect. <laughs> Have a someone like me who is actually a day oneer, because I saw the first episode when it went out, you know, live at the time, and was a huge fan straight away. In fact, probably uh, in the first couple of years, probably the biggest fan in in the UK. I, I felt like. I mean, there was I had a fan club at school. There was five of us in it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, and, and then sort of, if you like, in many ways to sort of move away from it. But Doctor Who was certainly the reason that I think I got in, involved and interested in television. And for that, all those years, 50 years later, to sort mm. of, you know, to, to culminate in, in this year here, it's been fantastic. And something that, you know, that is worthy of a Doctor Who script, an adventure in space uh, and time you couldn't have predicted. But, you know, one thing I just think, just touched on then, it's not really related to your question, but it's so sad when I think about it is, you know, 50 years ago, and we had that amazing line of a guest, Warris Hussain and Caroline Ford, and, you know, some real kind of, you know, I mean, real Doctor Who royalty, if you like. But then there were times, you know, when you get to sort of parts of the 80s and so forth, where actually there's a whole lot of people just no longer with us, yeah. inexplicably, really. Um, and that was, I think, a, a real sort of eye-opener and a real kind of shock to the system to realise how many kind of great people we would have loved to have had on stage, like, you know, Barry Letts or John Nathan and Turner or um, you know obviously we'd love to have Liz Sladen back and um, you know so many people actually we would love to have had who you know sadly are no longer with us but actually when you go back to sort of you know 50 years ago and it was still black and white how many people actually from that time are still around yeah also it's, it's it, well, the fantastic thing is people that were around in the 60s 
probably look better now than they did in the 80s. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they seem to have matured beautifully. You know? That is true, actually. They've aged extremely well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you talk to people who may not necessarily have been to lots of Doctor Who convention, they may not be on the circuit or whatever, uh, about Patrick Trout and about John Pertwee, I mean, how difficult is that, talking to them about people who they were very close to, but they're no longer here? I mean, I mean, from my point of view, I've, 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 I've never been to a convention, so I didn't have anything to compare it with, in a sense. You've been to at least 12 this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I, I mean, and you know, I, I think sometimes, I mean, there was genuine naivety there in terms of, you know, I, I always knew when we were kind of addressing the guys in FT1 that I was probably the person in the audience with actually the least knowledge when it actually came down to it. Although I had a deep appreciation of the show, I owned all the DVDs and, 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 have, and have watched them all and stuff, but I don't have that kind of encyclopedic knowledge that so many of the fans have. So I never even tried to kind of, you know, sort of to, to go on that level at all. I always try to keep the conversation very kind of general and not to kind of get to the bog down with the specifics and make it very much kind of a, a kind of broad celebration. And actually, kind of, I guess, sort of naively, there were times where I perhaps could kind of sort of. I'm just thinking about some of the guests we have. I don't want to kind of get into specifics, but in terms mm. of the politics of some of the guests, because obviously, you know. Like anywhere, you know, not everybody gets on in, in, in every sort of walk of life. You know, there are people who I work with, sorry, Dick, who you know are colleagues, but I don't necessarily like. Um, <laughs> but um, and that's obviously the same anywhere you work. And and so because I don't know about all the politics behind the show, particularly, um, and there's an awful lot of stuff behind the scenes I wasn't aware of. I could kind of you know put people on the same panel that maybe other people wouldn't have done, or I could approach different people in different ways. So um, you know, I think I, that's very true. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Um, <laughs> but um, I've been to a lot of conventions. I've, I've I've seen events like this before. I mean, I have to say that even then I was probably working the conventions rather than going as a pundit. But this has been different, though, and the goodwill that was meted out towards us has been different as well. I, I think people really wanted to make our events good. They they were, A, very, very happy to be invited. They felt privileged. They they also, as time has gone on, I think they've become more aware of how privileged they are to be involved in such a brand name. And while we're on the subject, we should mention this, that the, the current production office, uh, the current Doctor Who, Stephen Moffat was, has been a fantastic supporter of this. He's, he's, he's given us a blessing and sanction. And, and as one of the busiest men on earth, he's really bent over backwards to be here when he can and things like that. But also one of the things, and it's sad for us, one of the things that we... We, one of the people we didn't sort of have because of personal circumstances, Russell T. Davis, and you know, I, I think perhaps it, he's been sort of, if you if, if you like, missed out in, in some ways in some of the things because he he is the man responsible for bringing it back for for something that we love for so long. He was the architect to get it back on the air and make it like that. And I know, under different circumstances, he'd have been as omnipresent as anyone else. Uh, he, I mean, he, I mean, he, he absolutely. Had kind of started to make the kind of yeah you know, the journey to come you know to come in terms of um, you know I mean emotionally and you know I mean he 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 was making the date free and he absolutely had planned to come down and um, you know was really behind it and and when he realised he couldn't come I had just the I, mean, I can't tell you how lovely it was the email I got from him um, and it was just the nicest kind of um, um, email and, and 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 when I read it I felt kind of so moved. 
but equally it was like kind of oh you know he's not going to come and yeah. he would have been so fantastic but actually he just wrote the most you know a, a, amazing um, email and he talked about how he'd been watching all the events online himself and so he was completely aware of them and he'd seen all them um, and he was absolutely kind of getting ready for this one it just, yeah. well, it just didn't work out and, in the and end he's the one person that's so big in the world of Doctor Who that we didn't get here this year yeah. and it's and another day not by we would have done absolutely and it's not for one to try and it's not for, for it, any, anything any either of us could have done but the thing is I think it's important that we we are completely aware of how huge his contribution has been and personally um, I think we both salute Russell and you know the other thing I just wanted to say without wanting to sound like some sort of you know some dreadful Oscar speech where we're kind of going to thank everybody <laughs> um, but this is this is completely true you know the, the, once again you know the, this event has been much more than just myself and Dick it's been much more than actually the BBC production office you know there's been our colleague uh, Marcus Prince who works on TV here has been amazing but in fact there are lots of people who are fans of the show and have associations with the show who as the year has gone on have come to us with bits of information or, mm. or bits of research or have helped out in so many different ways and um, you know I, I could just you know, go on for ages with lots of different names, but actually that, that's been an amazing thing. And the other thing which was just so touching and completely unexpected was on the actual last event, the, the, the Matt Smith event that we did um, a few weeks ago, people, you know, a few people came up to us with presents that they wanted to kind of give us to say, we just want to thank you for organising, you know, such a yeah. great year. And how completely unexpected and, and, and what, what an amazing thing for people to do that. You know, how, how, you know what an amazing fans. Yeah, I know that there's... There's speculation that perhaps Justin and I have the best job in the world. And those people that have speculated on it often don't take into consideration all the nightmares that come with it, all the deadlines and things like that. But actually, with all that, they are right. I think we have got the best job in the world. (laughs) Okay, I mean, you've touched on a few things there about people who you would like to have got uh, along but weren't able to do so. What have been the most memorable things about people who you have been able to bring any, any moments or any specific events that you've enjoyed more than others or been surprised by i think the very first event where which is like the blueprint for the year if you like and it's Hartnell. it's 50 years ago and you're thinking that's going to be the most difficult event in in, in any way that the panel we got for that was fantastic, and and the the insight to that was fantastic, and from, oh, that gosh. was the moment. <laughs> yeah, that was the right. moment that, if you like, when it, it flipped for me, because I thought, ooh, these are going to be really big. Up until then, I thought we're going to make a, a, a small percentage of people really happy, but at, 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 when that happened, I thought. This, this, you know, you've underestimated this, Dick. These are going to be huge. I mean, there, I mean, there are definitely people who have absolutely wowed me in terms of. I mean, one person, and it is wrong in a way to single people out, but Donald Tosh is somebody who I just thought was fantastic. To be honest, you know, he had such an amazing kind of recall for something that was. You know, fifty mm. years ago, and he had such detail, um, and and was just such an eloquent and interesting speaker. I, I just thought he was an amazing guest. And actually, but actually, you know, there are people who have kept in touch throughout the year and have come to other events. So, for example, Annika Wills, who mm. was here for the Patrick Troughton event, has just been the most lovely person in the world. Has kind of kept in touch and has come along to David Tennant's events. She's come along to other. You know, I mean, she's been to at least three or four events here during the year. And Louise Jameson the same, Sophie Aldred the same, Katie Manning the same. They're all kind of. They're a little family in their own right, and and when their events have been and gone, they've still kind of kept in touch and wanted to keep being part of the year, which has been the most amazing thing for us, yeah. hasn't it? And I also, I, I think you've touched on something because when when you talk, especially when you talk about classic Who and with the people we've had on stage, just because of the era, because of the way television was structured, 
it's a very male-dominated you know, idea. Much later, when you look at the, the newer production, you've got a much more even balance of the sexes. But the women of Doctor Who have been fantastic, haven't they, yeah, this they year? Yeah, they really have. Yeah, the most, I mean, the most amazing guests we've had, actually, when you think about, about you know, and, and, and it's a show on one hand that um, has come in for a lot of criticism over the year for its kind of portrayal of female characters, but actually those actresses now, when they talk about the time, are so kind of, um, you know, kind of, I guess, empowered Powering and um, um, you know they've got the most amazing kind of take on their experiences. Um, you know, mm. They are you know very inspiring people. I think it's it's notable that both Russell and and Stephen write very well for female characters, mm. and that if if there is a huge difference between classic and new Who, the, that for me is the most pleasing aspect. And I think that was endorsed by Eric Sayward, certainly at the the event he attended. He was given a rather difficult question, and and you could hear the gasp from the audience when it was raised, oh, you know, how how could you have written Perry like that? And he handled it deftly, and he just said, yeah. And I think that's fantastic, because you wouldn't get these kind of issues being discussed on a, a serious level where people actually listen but, but as also, well. Yeah, so. exactly that, rather than a knee-jerk reactionary shout-out level to actually think, well, let's put you... Let's look at what the era was like then. Let's look at why we made those decisions. And let's do it in an environment like the BFI where you feel safe having those discussions. Mm. You know, you, they're contextualised, which I know is an academic term, but they are. Indeed. Well, having talked about how a warm, fuzzy uh, the feeling you've created and you're responsible for delivering and have got caught up in, certainly in the last, uh, the, the last event. You're a part of this event, as I think you know, many of the people that you've interviewed and uh, the people you've shown in the episodes. I mean, w- what are your plans for the future with Doctor Who? Have you got anything? Has this year given you any ideas of how to continue to celebrate it? I don't know, in the 51st? 51st I, mean, I think year? one of the things is the fact that when, when <clears> you visit something this heavily for a year, it's difficult to go back that quickly. Um, we are aware that the 10th anniversary of, of New Who is coming up, but whether that might be too soon. I mean, it, it's, if it was up to us, perhaps we'd have a, you know, a, a dedicated Doctor Who screen here, but that's never going to happen. We have to, deal, <laughs> we, we, we have to, we have to deal with our masters and mistresses, and, and we will, um, we will dis- discuss them. I think we've done the 50th anniversary proud, uh, I think we're both knackered by it, and it also might be a good time just to just take a step back and take stock for a while. Uh, um, obviously, I'm gagging to see how good Peter Capaldi will be and, and what what role he will take and, and how the show will go. But I think we've done what we can yeah. this year. I mean, the only thing I would say, and, this is, and I'm saying this having not really discussed it with Dick or anybody here, but our big blockbuster next year, our blockbuster this year has been gothic. So we've had three months of gothic entertainment and film and TV, very, very kind of um, exhaustively trawled through. Next year, our big blockbuster is science fiction. And that will be like you know, some next autumn going into 2015. And you know, without and I'm saying this without having <laughs> have any any plans or any information <laughs> at all. But I would find it really difficult to imagine that we wouldn't, in some shape or form, you know, tip um, tip our hats towards Doctor Who during that celebration. But I say that with having made no plans whatsoever. You would imagine that one of the things that we did before the 50th anniversary was to to preview. Um, especially great moments in Doctor Who. I imagine that will continue. Well, Justin, Dick, thank you very much indeed for spending just a short period of time talking to me about your last 12 months. Uh, I hope you out there, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed hearing about behind the scenes as well as hearing us just review the events throughout the year. Thanks very much indeed again, gents. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. For me, I I thought it was fascinating hearing how people organise basically a series of conventions. And and, and to use the word convention is probably giving you the wrong idea of of, of what these events were really like. They were much more intimate than that and uh, they were... They were just brilliant, frankly. They were really, really good. As I said at the beginning of the show, do go back over to our Facebook page to check out each of our little reviews of, of each of these events. We we recorded them outside after each event has taken place, and sometimes the weather was particularly kind. At other times, it was, quite frankly, horrible. So there was a bunch of us all gathered round a microphone whilst the rain lashed and the wind howled. It was all rather, well, quite sad, really, but a lot of fun, <laughs> a lot of fun as well. Now, in terms of the Doctor Who podcast, we're going to take a little break. We're going to have a couple of weeks off. The last few months have been extremely busy for all of us involved in the show. And and we're going to be back in the middle of January. And that will be our legendary predictions episode, where the DWP team make our predictions for 2014. And we'll also take a look back at the predictions that we made back in January last year to see how accurate or normally how inaccurate we were. After that, we've got lots of exciting things planned to take you all the way up to when Doctor Who is going to be on our television again, which presumably will be autumn this year. So all that's left for me to say, listeners, is thank you for staying with us all the way through 2013. Please keep in touch with us. You can email us, feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. You can record some audio feedback, either about the Christmas special or indeed Day of the Doctor or anything that's happened in the anniversary year that you'd like to share with us. And the chances are that it will make it onto the show at some point in the future join our forums that's doctorwhopodcast.com forward slash forums where you can discuss practically anything you like it doesn't even have to be about doctor who and indeed join us on our facebook page as well facebook.com the doctor who podcast all the very best for 2014 and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with those oh so inaccurate predictions bye for now everybody 